This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wine for medicinal purposes this morning. Yes. Not even noon. I know. It's okay. It's fruit wine, so you're getting your your fruit early this morning. And it's pretty organic and homemade. It's homemade. It's not organic. I just bought that shit from the grocery store. Okay. You didn't get it from the organic section? No. No. Rude. Well, you know. It's expensive. I get it. It's more expensive, and I made a shitload of it, so. And besides, maybe the pesticides help with the kick a little bit. They do. They do. They add to the taste. Yeah. I mean, just a little bit of poison is medicinal. As long as it's not poison from the 1930s, because that'll kill you dead. That's true. But they did, up until that point, probably around the 1930s, use arsenic medicinally for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. That's not a great idea. Definitely not. But at the time, it was all they had. It's all they had was fucking poison. Yeah. They didn't even really have very good doctors <laughs> back then. So anyways, hey, Nate. Hello there, Joanna. And hello, all of you. Thank you for listening. We're Stranger Than. We're a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. Today, we're going to talk about the escape from Alcatraz, uh, the federal penitentiary in San Francisco, or off the coast of San Francisco. Yeah, it's on a little tiny island. I think it's about... One and a quarter miles from San Francisco. Yeah, right in the bay. Mm-hmm. I have been there. Have you ever been there? To San Francisco or to that island? Both. I have been to San Francisco. I have not been to the island. Yeah, I went to San Francisco twice. The first time we didn't go, but the second time we did take a tour of Alcatraz. It was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was. I saw. I just saw you know, Haight-Ashbury and Golden Gate Park or whatever that park is at the end of it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, that's Golden Gate Park. Hippie Hill or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So that was, yeah. No Alcatraz. <laughs> well, I would recommend it if you find yourself in the San Francisco area again. Yeah, it looks it is a pretty, pretty cool, cool. I think it would be totally cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. It was a long time ago. I think it was like 17, so we won't even say how long ago that was. It was in the past. It was in the past, for sure. So... Alcatraz opened in 1934. Previous to that, it was a military prison. Yes, it was actually, it has quite a long history. It uh, was a military prison. It was also a base to defend the area. Mm-hmm. Pretty much started being used for military purposes right after the Mexican-American War, which is when we got California. That was a, That's a long time ago. 1846 to 1848. Wow. And before so that, it's been around there for a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They started building the fortress. The first fortress was on there in 1859. But even longer ago than that, the Ohlone Native American tribe used to use that island to kind of like uh, Britain used Australia. Oh, okay. So they'd send their criminals there. <laughs> uh, they'd also, they, they thought it was a bad place. They thought evil spirits lived there. Interesting. And uh, they, I guess they did once... 
once the Spanish quote unquote discovered the area, those that didn't want to be Christian ended up hiding out on that island to stay away from the Spanish because they were right a little bit not very nice about violent in their enforcing their yeah. religious views upon yeah. the natives. Yeah, so that was a place for them to go to avoid those guys. <laughs> God. Uh, in the 1840s, Mexico gave it to a man to build a lighthouse on, and later the U.S. government purchased it for five thousand dollars, which was an astronomical amount of money back then. In 1850, that was when the 13th president, Millard Fillmore, decided that island was going to be used for military purposes. I forgot that guy was even a president. Yeah. I don't... There's so many presidents that I know nothing about. Right. They're only in there for four years and they don't do a goddamn thing. Now, the guy who bought the island, his name is John C. Fremont, and he bought it for the United States. And he was expecting to get some kind of reward for doing that. And the government just invalidated his sale, paid him nothing, and he took him to court and was in court for the next 40 years or so and never got a goddamn thing. Oh, what dicks. I know. They're like, fuck you. It was turned into a military base just before the Civil War, and so it was used to put Confederate soldiers in, first off. And it was also... Confederate soldiers, Confederate soldiers, yeah, because in, in California at the time... There were both Union and Confederate sympathizers. Right. And so it was also there to keep the peace between those two groups. Uh, By 1865, the war's end, it had about 100 cannons, and they were never used. Except after Lincoln was shot and his official funeral procession went through San Francisco, they shot him, did a a firearm salute sort of thing. Right. After that, it was used as a long-term military prison, pretty much like Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a great place to go. Or like Leavenworth. Yeah. I think more akin to Guantanamo Bay because they weren't, they were, you know, torturing them and shit. Right. Although, I mean, I'm sure Leavenworth's not the funnest place to... Oh, I'm sure it's not. ...spend your time I'm here. sure it's not. <laughs> so for the next couple decades they kept building on the island they met a hospital in 1893 in 1904 a new upper prison was built and um, so they had to expand by that time they'd expanded it because they'd had more inmates and stuff there's a lot of wars little piddly little wars but you know there's a lot of shit going on in that those latter few years there of the uh, 19th century at this point 1907 it's not really being used for military purposes anymore because the Navy has advanced to a point where it's just that island doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. In the following year, the original Citadel collapses. So they have to do a little rebuilding. They have to do a little bit of a rebuilding. And that happens in 1910 to 1912. They spent a quarter million dollars to build that place. That's over $6 million in today's money. And it was the largest concrete building in the world. They kept German POWs there oh, okay. in the First World War. And they turned it into a federal penitentiary in 1933 to 1934, right, right around then. Um, it was the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Prohibition was happening, and so there was a huge new black market. Prison escapes from other prisons were happening constantly. Right. People were always breaking out of prison. There was one dude who got caught eight times and broke out of eight different prisons. Well, I mean, when you think about, like, some of the security they had back then. I mean, it's nothing like what it is now. So, no, not I mean, at all. It, you know, breaking out of prison was kind of like a thing that was possible 
more often than not. And especially when you think about the Great Depression, too. I mean, because I just think of everything kind of like kind of crumbling and falling apart during that time because nobody has any money to do anything, make upgrades yeah. or fix things. So, and they're still doing like stuff like chain gangs and everything at that time. And so it just seems like. It seems like you had some opportunities. There were some opportunities there to break out of oh, yeah. prison, which is what some of these guys that did eventually break out of Alcatraz, they had already broken out of a few different ones, and that's why they were sent there. It was because it's like, okay, we've had enough of you breaking out of... Right, now you're going to go here. And it wasn't... Mm-hmm. It was because it was on an island. Yeah. So and it was hard definitely... to swim. Mm-hmm. It was possible to swim, but it was not... It wasn't. It wasn't easy. Right, San Francisco Bay, not not warm. No, no. <laughs> Rather chilly, choppy water out there. Yeah. It'd be like trying to swim across like Puget Sound. It'd just be shitty and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when it switched from the military to the federal prison, there was 32 prisoners that were left in that are deemed shitty enough they needed to fucking stay here. Like, Rest were just shipped off to other penitentiaries. Mm-hmm. And so now it's called Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Maximum high security federal penitentiary. Not an awesome place. The first two years it was opened, the prisoners were not allowed to talk to one another. Oh, Jesus. And they spent 23 hours a day in a solitary cell. So they basically on lockdown. Exactly. 23 hours a day. Exactly. Now, this operated from August 11th, 1934 until March 21st, 1963. That was as long as it was a, a federal penitentiary. And then after 63, was it just totally shut down? It was shut down. And I'm not sure when the they opened up the museum. For t- yeah, for tourists? I'm not sure yeah. either. I'm not 100% when that started. But yeah, 1963, they shut that motherfucker down, shipped everyone off to every place else. Uh, the inmates were counted there about 14 times a day at least. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, some pretty hardcore inmates that they deemed that needed to be in Alcatraz, like Al Capone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nikki Cohen, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, to name a few. They had some bad motherfuckers in there. Yep. It also had the highest prisoner-to-guard ratio of any other prison. So for every one guard, there were three prisoners. Nowadays, in a federal penitentiary, there are nine prisoners to one guard, and at the state level, it's four prisoners to one guard. Okay. So for nowadays, they were doing much better back then. Right. But well, nowadays, so much like crowding doing in our time in a and... federal penitentiary is actually considered kind of cush. Is it? Compared to like a state penitentiary. Interesting. I wonder yeah. if it depends which penitentiary you're in. Possibly. But I think just kind of as a general rule, because I mean, look at look at the guard ratio right there. I'll tell you that That's it's true. a lot less violent and... You know, if they only have to have, like, one guard per nine inmates as opposed to a state penitentiary having four guards. Well, I think that has uh, to... Four, four prisoners per one guard. I think that has to do more with the overcrowding of the system. So there's maybe more people in federal prison than there are in state. I think there's less people, though. I don't know. I didn't check those numbers. I haven't checked them either. I just feel like... I don't know. It seems to me probably people get prosecuted for state crimes more than they do uh, federal crimes because that's kind of a specific set of crimes that you can be federally prosecuted for. There's not a whole lot out there where... Bank robbery, mail stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Large quantities of uh, drugs. You kill people and then in several states. Kidnapping. Yeah. 
Yeah. Probably child crimes. Yeah, but it is it is limited. There's a lot more stuff that you're just going to end up doing state time for. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun regardless. It does not. And this is what, you know, the ones that that were going to that were part of the 1962 escape, those those guys were all in there because they were like uh, under their charges of like bank robbery and stuff. So all right, well, let's talk a little bit of the, the, the numbers of escapes here. So as a military prison, so this is before it was the federal penitentiary, there were 29 attempts mm-hmm. involving 80 convicts, 62 of which were recovered. Now, that means recovered alive. Not I didn't really shot go... by the yeah, no. guards. I didn't, I didn't go drowned. very deep into its history as a military prison, so mm-hmm. I didn't see how many escaped and what have you. Uh, I focused more on the federal prison since that's a right. little bit closer into where we are now as far as time is concerned. As a federal prison, there were 36 inmates in 14 different attempts. 23 were recaptured, and that's including two who made two attempts. Uh, six were shot and killed, two drowned, and five are missing and presumed drowned. And I think the first one or the main one we're going to talk about here is the most famous one. The 1962. The June 1962. That was the one that they made the movie out of. Yes. June 11th, 1962. And three, well, four were in on the conspiracy and the escape attempt, but only three actually got out. Right. One was... One was left behind. Unable to dig out the back of the cell like the others. Yes, so the the ringleader in this um, was Frank Morris, born September 1st, 1926, prisoner number AZ-1441, and I totally admit to thinking he was hot when I saw his prison mugshot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I spent a little time after that, like, reflecting upon what a sick person I am and yeah. what is wrong with me, and I'm constantly like, I love bad boys. Yeah. And at least he was smart, too. He was smart. And that's the thing, you know, that's also kind of what I liked about him. Too. IQ he of had, 133. Yeah. That's top, top 2%. Yes. That's a the, fucking smart dude. That is a very smart dude. And, you know, you kind of feel for a guy like that. You know, he's born 1926, so right before the Great... He spends his childhood during the Great Depression. Right. And He was orphaned at age 11. Yep. And shipped from foster home to foster home, so... This guy could have probably done some really great things being so smart, except he just had a shitty fucking deal. His first conviction was at age 13. Yep. From, and it just kind of went on from there. From drugs to armed robbery. Mm-hmm. And so he had, uh, he was serving 10 years for bank robbery in uh, Louisiana State Penitentiary. And he'd done time in Florida and Georgia before yes. that. Yes, yes. He had done time, yeah, in several places. So he escaped from the Louisiana State Penitentiary and was recaptured during another burglary. And at that point is when he was sent to The Rock. But he sent a, spent a year out. Mm-hmm. It yes. took him a, a year to catch this guy. Yes. Until, yeah, he was caught and then sent off to Alcatraz because they're like, okay, we mean business with you. The next ones were John and Clarence Anglin. John born... May 2nd, 1930, prisoner number 1476, and his brother Clarence, born May 11th, 1931, prisoner number AZ1485. So just one year apart, almost exactly one year apart, 
uh, they were a family of 13 kids, so I imagine they had several other siblings that were also very close in age to oh, one another. probably. Those parents were busy. Yes. I mean, they were migrant workers, and they still found, found time to have a fucking litter. Right. That's a litter. Well, I think that's that was kind of typical. That is definitely a litter. <laughs> yeah. But they were they were migrant but, workers, so they yeah. had to, they were they were high They have a bunch of kids who can help pick Exactly. What, it, what were, is it? Did they they were they picked something? Oh, probably all kinds of different fruit. Yeah, okay. Because they went from Florida where they eventually moved to all the way up to Michigan, so they'd go Oh, okay. This, so they they would the fruit. So I'm sure it's anything. I mean, like around here you could go pick apples and cherries and all kinds of different fruit. So I'm sure it's the same, especially when you're going through that change, that vast change in, in climate and everything. Right, right. So the family eventually settled in Ruskin, Florida, but continued to be uh, farm workers. Their home base was in Florida. That's yes. A good, but that's a good place for a home base. Right. And I guess they would go as far up as Michigan, like during the summertime. I don't know what the hell grows in Michigan, but I'm sure in the 1930s or whatever, it was... A lot more than these days. Right, where everything's just been industrialized, like before man. the yeah, before the freeway situation, most of this country were farms. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Michigan is just like Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems pretty hardcore up there. They actually would um they swam in I think Lake Michigan or one of the Great Lakes in that area during the summer. So I imagine I think that was still pretty fucking cold. Oh, probably. It's pretty far north. Yeah. And it was probably colder back then. So, yeah, they were pretty good swimmers. They were. They were good swimmers, which is one of the reasons why people think that even if the, you know, we'll get into, like, the raft and everything that they have, but that even if they ended up in the water, that these two might have made it. Would have been fine, yeah. And, you know, people actually to this day swim in San Francisco Bay. Oh, yeah. and it, They have all sorts of, like, triathlons oh, and yeah. all it's kinds a of things common that involve. Thing. Yeah, and, so. And when Alcatraz was being switched from a military prison to a federal penitentiary, there was a young girl who was proving that it could be done in, in so what was that, 1930 or something, Yeah, she swam it. So I think some of the reports that, like, there's no way they could have survived swimming in the water are kind of, you know, that's not completely true. No. Especially no. since, you know, these guys obviously were experienced swimmers. I mean, it ain't easy. No. I mean, that's a long ways to fucking swim. And it's fucking cold. But and it's, it's cold as shit. But it's but... not completely impossible. It's not something where you're like, oh, there's no way they would have survived. Like, no. That's it's... the attitude of a lot of people reporting on this, but really, no. So, anyways, him and getting back to the Englands, there was three brothers that were involved in robberies. So, it was John, Clarence, and their brother, Alfred. And they'd hit a couple of places. They usually did it after hours because they didn't want to avoid any conflict. But Smart. They didn't want to just yeah. bust in and be like, give me all your money, see? Right. <laughs> but the one heist they were all convicted on was one where they held up a bank using a toy gun. And I guess that was the one that where they said that it was the only time they used a weapon. It was actually not even... It wasn't even a real weapon. A yeah. real weapon. But nevertheless, they got 15 to 20 years. Um each and they all went to the Atlanta Penitentiary in Georgia and Clarence and John got transferred to Alcatraz but their brother Alfred stayed behind to serve out his time in Atlanta is how that went and then the next guy this is the guy that actually didn't get out was Alan West 
born March 25th, 1929, died December 21st, 1978, prisoner number AZ1335. And he got left behind. There's a couple of conflicting reports because initially they all get out of their cells through an air vent that's like under their sink. And okay. what they had done is they had removed the grate and widened it and then used all this plaster. I mean, it was really ingenious. To make the way a these, false wall. To make a false yeah. wall, make it look like, you know, nothing's going on with this vent when actually... Everything was going on with the vent. Everything was going on with the vent. So one report says that the vent was, um, like, the stuff that he used to make, like, the fake wall was crumbling and he had shorted up with concrete Oh, and so he... And then it had hardened, and he wasn't able to get back out. And then another one said that he hadn't gone all the way through, and so when he was getting through, there was some metal bar that he didn't know about. And so he got stuck that way. And that he got stuck that way. See, I had heard that he managed to get out. It was just too late that once he escaped and followed their path up and out, he noticed the raft was gone and they were gone, and so he just went back to his cell. Right. So I, I did read that as well, but the thing that I don't that that doesn't make sense to me about is that when they actually discovered their little workshop they had going on uh, they found a small raft a life jacket and a paddle so the three of them left all that behind when they met up and they you know tunneled through the vent and met up in this corridor that wasn't monitored at all and went up to where all their stuff was and you know oh it's like where's Al he hasn't gotten out yet and they're at that point where it's like, okay, well, we got to, you know, boogie here. They left behind all his stuff so that... So that he could escape if he So that he could too, escape huh? if he did end up making it out of there. So so I think likely one of those two first stories is was the actual scenario where he just could not get out of his cell. Probably. Completely. It sounds like if they... I didn't, I didn't see that it was... That there was stuff left behind up in their little workshop area. So I would imagine that if he had managed to escape that he would have gotten that and tried to get the fuck out of dodge right definitely and that work area was pretty fucking ingenious oh yeah he just he, the guards these, let him do it yeah the guards were like oh that's fine it's mm-hmm, he was filthy. like painter and he was he was, his job i guess at the prison was like to repaint areas and so they had this whole workshop where they're constructing life preservers and their rafts which were made out of uh, about 50 raincoats that either they had stolen or people had given them other prisoners apparently all of the prisoners knew what was going on or at least a large percentage of them but not one guard had a fucking clue and when they're like we need some space to be making all these life preservers and this big giant raft and making more tools so that we can like continue to dig out of our cells they were like, how are we going to like hide this, hide all of this? And so Alan had the idea to just hang, like, I think he hung about 50 blankets over this one cell block. And he told the guard, and I guess it was near an area that he was painting in. Um, and he just told the guards like, oh, this is to keep like paint spatter and dust out of like the rest of the area. And the guard was just like, okay. Yeah. Whoever was in charge was just okay with it. Right. And well, and then somebody else came like a higher up came and, and was like, what's this going on? And and Alan, again, like, kind of talked his way out of it. Like, well, you know, so-and-so said it was okay. Are you going to, like, say that he's wrong and go over his head like that and say that I have to take these blankets down? I don't know. He was he was a good talker, Must apparently. have been. Must have been. <laughs> but the FBI comes, like, after these guys are discovered missing and the FBI comes to, like, find out what the fuck happened and they, like, pull these blankets down. And he's, he's like, like, dude, you guys. It's like, what the fuck, you guys? 
You guys are jackasses. <laughs> There's like this whole workshop set up with fucking saws and you know oh look here's another raft and here's a life jacket shit and, prisoners shouldn't fucking have right and be making and have the ability to to make right under the guards noses like oh man i would yeah. have loved to be there right at that moment when the fbi comes marching in trying well, to figure out what the fuck happened they pull these blankets down i'd like to be maybe a fly on the wall or well yeah that's I what i like mean i mean there. i would like to not you know be in a prisoner not physically yeah well, it was Alan West's original but... idea to do the escape. I mean, he yes. was the one that, and he brought the others in onto it. Right. Although I think uh, Frank Morris, you know, definitely. Oh, he's help mastermind. You know, because he's the fucking smart one. Well, so Alan I'm sure West he was came probably up. just kind of thinking, "I want to get the fuck out of here," and he was the one that noticed the way to get to the, uh, to the to get to the the roof. Right. And so then he brings the smart guy and everyone else into it. As I said earlier, all the prisoners knew about this shit. Mm-hmm. And so Clarence Carnes, he worked in the library. He was able to pass all this information back between these four. So, you know, that's another thing right under the guards' noses. Yeah. And this guy, I don't even know why they get let that guy do that shit. Because 20 years before, he was involved in an, another escape attempt that was quite bloody. Oh, okay. So Carnes was one of the ones from one of the ones... From the 1942 Previous. attempt, yeah, in May 1942. We'll talk about that one in a little while, but that one was known as the Battle of Alcatraz. Okay. And, yeah, some of the things were just really ingenious. I just kind of loved a lot about this story, how they made the dummy heads. I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Like, so they basically mixed concrete powder that they would get from, you know, their digging out of their cells. They would mix concrete powder and then soap and toilet paper and they basically made like paper mache yep out of those ingredients and molded dummy heads and then clarence worked in the barber shop so he would gather everyone's hair and so they had human hair for their um you know human hair and then they used the hair to make eyebrows and it was just crazy in the dark you would it would look like a person they totally oh, right would. yeah especially when everyone's asleep and you're just walking down and checking in the yeah cells. just doing head check you know it's like you stuff some towels under there and like it was painted with art supplies for you they know asked, when the, the prisoners are supposed to be like you know making nice paintings they were they were getting it to paint their dummy heads so that they could get the fuck out one of the prisoners they knew there was a painter before he went in and they would ask him how to make skin tone paint Right. And so, I mean, again, it's all like, the prisoners were pretty much knew what was going on. How do tones, Bob? <laughs> like, oh, well, you're going to want to mix this and this and this. Yeah, what colors do I need to mix from the, you know, sh- I'm sure they didn't get, like, premium quality paint down there at the penitentiary. No, the but still, they yeah. good enough to fool a guard in the dark. Uh-huh. It, used, it was pretty awesome. They and, used the spoons, the spoon mm-hmm. handles. I actually saw pictures of what they looked like. They just, yeah. A bunch of spoons put together. That's what they were digging the shit out with. Uh, they also made these drills using vac- vacuum cleaner parts and barber shears. But I don't know. If you gave me a pair of barber shears and a vacuum cleaner, I could not make a fucking drill. Right. I couldn't make shit except a mess. Right. It's craziness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a little bit like Breaking Bad, like Walter White, like making all his fucking shit out of super yeah just super smart like underground jimmy rig yeah 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 
That was I bet that was a lot. Frank Morris coming up with those. Probably a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Because that guy was smart as shit. So also, yeah, they stole some sort of thing to like make a bellows and inflate the raft. Like the life jackets were really well made. I mean, they found like maybe one had washed ashore and was deflated, but I know a couple. They found all three life jackets in the bay in three different areas. Um, but two of them at least were floating, so still inflated. So they they stitched together this raft and the life jackets. They heat sealed it with like. Um, off of the steam pipes it's in the crazy. prison. Like it's like this old school prison with like steam going through these pipes that, you know, the pipes that'll burn the shit out of right, you if you right. touch if them you by touch accident. It, it's, it's over. Yeah. But they're using those to like melt and seal these raincoats that they turn into a raft in life jackets. Actually, two rafts. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you gotta admire the ingenuity going on there. And then just the opportunity they they would allow for a music hour so if you had a stringed instrument you could just be jamming right for one hour and and that's when they do a lot of their digging (laughs) yeah old frank i guess uh played the accordion and he used his accordion to cover up the sounds of them doing their thing during music hour or whatever it's absolutely it's just craziness it does remind me of that that movie, which is also a true story about the the Great Escape, have you seen that one? I haven't seen the Great Escape. Steve McQ- Steve McQueen. Oh my God, it's so good. You should see it. It's about um. It's about prisoners of war in Germany trying to escape from their POW camp. Oh yeah. And it's like these same guys that are just like escaping time after again. They get sent to this one camp that's supposedly like you escape can't get proof. out of there. Yeah, escape proof, right. and they make this really elaborate plan, and a lot of them actually escape. And yeah, it's a really good movie and based on a true story. You should totally right. yeah, check it out. Sounds like something I will check out. Charles Bronson is in it. It's so good. It's a really good movie. God damn. <laughs> what their basic plan was was to dig out behind their cells because there was a corridor there that mm-hmm. had a locked door at either end. Now this was actually found by someone during the Battle of Alcatraz. It was discovered by Carnes himself, the guy, the librarian guy. Oh, okay. He because there was there was just all kinds of shit going on and no guards around, so he found found this area. It ran the full length and height of the cell block. Bunch of utility pipes above. Dangerous, but you could climb up there. So they climbed up there, and I believe that got them up to the level where West's little workshop was. Mm-hmm. Because that's also where the vent was. That they... Yeah, and that's where they had all their stuff stashed. Exactly. So and they that, cut around they left this the stuff vent. behind for West when he didn't meet up with them. Right. And so they cut around the vent because they couldn't cut through it. So they just mm-hmm. cut around it and pushed it up. Crazy. Apparently, when they were building this, they didn't expect that people would be that ingenious. Yeah. Well, you know, people had attitudes about those that commit crimes. I mean, even to this day, it's pop, true. It's it's, true. it's often looked at as somebody, you know, of lower intelligence is the kind that commits crimes. But I feel like a lot of times there's highly intelligent people. But you know, sometimes you choose to live a life where you commit crime and and do wrong, and other times, you know, you just get a shit deal. Right. And then it's really, really hard in our justice system, I think, to make a fresh start and to turn your life around. Once you're, once you're in it, it's it's just so... It, like, follows you your whole life. It seems like back then, in, in some ways, it's harder, in some ways, easier. Right. Harder in that 
it's I don't believe it was probably quite as just as it might be now. Right now, yeah, like but, probably uh, there was a lot more, you know, wrongful convictions and convictions where you're given like heavy sentences for maybe not that bad of a crime. It just kind of depended on where you lived and what your circumstances were. You could really, really get fucked. It's not. It wasn't, you know, probably as. I mean, it's still not equal and fair to this day, I would say, but no. I think it is more so yes, now. Yes. But this day and age now with all the record checks and everything, I mean, you can't... You can't get away. You can't get... A, sometimes you can't get a house. You can't get an apartment. You can't right. get a job. Everything is dependent upon your credit and your credit score and your background. I mean, you don't even have to be a criminal to be able not to be able to get some of these things or oh, to yeah. have to pay a huge amount of uh, interest because you're high risk because oh you can pay your fucking medical bills. I mean, it's it's really difficult to shed anything about your past in this day and age. Back then you could probably still find it easier. Yeah, it was a little bit easier to maybe not grow a beard, get a different name. Right. <laughs> move to Cincinnati. Pencil in a new name on your driver's license which doesn't even have your picture on it. Exactly. That kind of thing. So they get out, they climb the they they were going to climb up the, onto the roof, and they're going to get down from the roof, and then get to the bay, and sail Launch away. their raft, and so some say it was their Angel Island was their destination. Although I I don't understand why they would want to go there because that's just another island. Exactly, you'd want to get to the mainland, right? Because and it's actually kind of on the opposite way of where the mainland is san francisco right and so it seems like it would be it's like let's just try and get back to san francisco and get the fuck out right i think it was only because some of the stuff washed ashore near angel island that they assumed that that was where was that where one of the one of the vests were found there right well one of the vests was found near angel island uh one of the paddles i think washed ashore and also there was um, a bag that contained a wallet and lots of pictures and letters and stuff, right? Letters and names and addresses of family members. And that was one of the Anglins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Now the another vest was recovered three and three quarters miles away from the Golden Gate Bridge, so almost right. four miles away from the Golden Gate Bridge. West, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I I don't know where the third one it was almost like it was triangular a triangular pattern of where the three vests were eventually possibly found. done on purpose possibly to throw them off so you wouldn't really know which direction to start searching now what it was about a few weeks later a corpse washed up and was wearing dark blue clothes that could have been a prison uniform correct now it was too badly ravaged by I'm sure critters and also salt water to be identified mm-hmm. but maybe that was one of them it's possible but they it's also did do... possible it's just some guy wearing a blue clothes right well and the thing of it is is that the general consensus like the prison will say the prison the penitentiary has always been kind of adamant about the fact that they drowned. Yes. And I think that's probably a PR thing because they don't, they don't want, you know, even to this day kind of have to admit that people actually got away. Oh no, they their... don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they were, it's the inescapable prison. Right. Right. Exactly. And they want to keep that image of it and like, no, those guys are totally dead. But there's a lot of evidence I think that points to them at least 
not all of them being dead, and one of them is that it's kind of the the general consensus is that usually when a body is dumped into the bay, it washes ashore at some point. Right. It's not something where it's just going to sink to the bottom and never be seen again. Because of how the currents work, most bodies... Eventually make their way inland. Eventually make their way inland. Because, I mean, you probably have had, you know, I mean, not a huge amount, an unusual amount, but... I mean, I'm sure people have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, suicide. Oh, probably. And, um, you know, other scenarios where a body happens to get your boating accidents or whatever. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, there must... So... It's a body of water. Yeah. In general, though, most bodies that go into the water are recovered. And there are sharks in the water, but they're mainly bottom feeding sharks. Right. They're they're not not like they're not huge man eating sharks that those do not live in San Francisco Bay. And so maybe if the body managed to get down low enough, they would get a hold of it. But apparently that doesn't happen very but, well. But, well, I mean, it's a bay. It's not, you know, I mean, it's the ocean, but not really. It's right. like It's like Puget Sound. It's salt water. Yeah. But it's Puget not Puget Sound is salt water, ocean. but, you know, a body going in there is probably going to wash ashore. There's no giant man-eating sharks. Yeah. Or even medium-sized man-eating sharks. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. If there are sharks, they're pretty small. Well, Carnes thinks they made it. Clarence Carnes, the the librarian guy, they he thinks they made it. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that the, the the vests were found floating, at least two of the the life jackets found were found floating. That says something too. That means they stayed inflated. Yeah. So they did a they, you know good workmanship. They did some good workmanship, good workmanship on that. And also, I mean, so no body except for the one that was just bones. That washes. I think that was like nine weeks later or something like that. So it. Probably. And they did DNA testing, actually. Oh, did they really? Well... I mean, not at the time, obviously. Not at the time, obviously. But no, recently, they actually did DNA testing on the bones because they have... There's been a couple of documentaries with the nephews of uh, John and Clarence. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... I'm sure they have a lot of nephews and nieces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is a large family and is still large and thriving, the England family. But they did finally give, like, samples over to the U.S. Marshals. Oh, yeah, the U.S. Marshals. Yeah, because the feds stopped investigating it. They closed their investigation, like, I think in, like, 79 or something. But yes. it's still an open case with the U.S. Marshals. Yeah, the FBI so, concluded in 79 that they had drowned before mm-hmm. reaching the mainland. But, yeah, it is. they are still on the U.S. Marshals' wanted list. Yeah, until they're, I think, 99. And so Frank Morris, uh, I think he was the oldest of the three. He was born in 9126, so he would be like 91 right now. So this is going to be active until he hits 99 for like another eight years from now. They're still going to have that on the active list for him. But so the nephew, the England, some of the Englands gave a DNA sample and they tested it against the bones and they did not find uh it, it was negative so the bones recovered from san francisco bay shortly after the three of them escaped did not match either of the england brothers so if it was one of them it would have had to have been morris right right and they i don't think were able to do dna testing for morris because he was an orphan and i don't yes. think they he had any living relatives not that they knew that they I'm knew sure... of yeah th- that they would be able to compare it to so 
And it's interesting because the Anglin brothers, there are a couple of other um, things that the family had that indicate that they might have made it and actually made it to Brazil. Oh, there's a photograph. Yeah, the photograph being like the most compelling. It's on a farm in Brazil and it's from 1975 and it shows two guys and there have been there's mixed reports. One has said no, but there's also ones that have said yes, definitely there is enough resemblances that this could be John and Clarence Anglin and that came via a childhood friend of the Anglin family. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was verified that it was from Brazil and that was a far, you know, and that was their plan all along was to go to Brazil anyways. Right. They all, they all were learning Spanish in prison and Brazil is a country where a lot of criminals flee to because of their no extradition. Oh yeah. So, I mean, certainly there's been more than one Nazi that's made its way. (laughs) Oh yeah. Have made their way all through South America. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing was to get to Brazil. To avoid uh, being tried for war crimes. Argentina, a lot of them hide out in Argentina yes, as well. Because they also have like a no extradition. So I think it's pretty possible that John and Clarence at least made it. There hasn't been really anything reported on Frank. So I think it's possible that that could have been him. Those bones could have been him. Possibly. Or he just managed to completely disappear and having no family or connections really to Didn't... keep up with. Like the Englands may have wanted somehow to get this to the family because yeah, like, hey guys we're we're alive we're alive we, we made it to brazil because we don't want you to get in trouble but hey right but you know frank i don't think had the kind of connections with other people that he would have done that probably not so i kind of liked i kind of would like to think though that frank got away yeah i mean they still were pretty you know violent people Except for the fact that I feel like they weren't actually that violent that I would root for them to be locked up for the rest of their lives. Well, Frank Morris was in, you know, would do burglary and armed robbery and. But you know, you don't hear about. I mean, armed robbery. I don't know. I I just didn't hear anything about him actually like assaulting anybody though. Yeah, I didn't. Or see murdering much about anybody. They're in federal. They're in federal prison because. Bank robbery is a federal crime. And because they tried to escape. So, and you know what? Fuck the bank. It's fair. You know, I remember a time where with overdraft charges, I mean, they make it so you have to have a fucking bank account. Oh, yeah. You basically can't live life without having a bank account. It's like something you're kind of forced into. Yep. They won't let you cash any checks or anything like that unless you have an account. So you have to have the bank account. And then there have been so many times when I was... You know, I'm still broke and struggling, but way more broke and young and struggling with kids and hardly making any money. And then, you know, you would overdraw on like one thing, but they would charge you like 200 fucking dollars. Because in every fees. single thing that happened after that. Yep. Right, right. Because they, they had this anymore, argument though. like, oh, well, the big thing is probably the thing that needed to be paid the most, except, you know, you were going to fucking pay it anyways. Right. So, but they, yeah, so they would take out like the big chunk first and then like every little like two dollar or three dollar debit transaction that followed you getting overdrawn 35 bucks a pop yep yep that was that was fucked that was totally fucked i'm really glad that they passed some legislation allowing them not to do that like i got an overdraft charge the other day like now it happens like very rarely it still sucks when it happens but 
nowadays they process like everything through that day up until you get like you know the the overcharge which usually if you have several small transactions and one larger one like it's only going to be like the one bigger one that you're going to get not going to hit you for every single tiny little thing after right that. because yeah. they're going to put all the stuff through like where you had all the money for all the little things up until this one thing that tipped the scale and caused you to overdraw but right. back then like you know like 10, 15 years ago, they could just ding you for every little oh, thing. And they were they, out they to did get it. You. They were because they did it in the opposite way. They did the big thing first, so then that you were overdrawn, and then did all the other charges from that day and charged uh thirty five to forty bucks per charge. Yeah, that was that was. So, and that was I just remember fucked. when seeing that happen. I mean, that would happen maybe like two times a year for me, because I mean, I would try to be really careful or whatever. You're like, what the yeah, fuck? Because of one thing, you know. I mean, you went over by like thirty dollars. And then suddenly now you're negative 200 because of all, you know, how they would process it basically to, to screw you over. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just feeling, you know, your stomach would just drop. It just felt sick because, you know, it's already poor and trying to pay rent. and Right. And then the bank just fucks you for 200 bucks that you don't have at all. So, you know, fuck the bank. I'm not going to be judging John and Clarence and Frank and whoever else. Like if you're robbing a bank, especially like the England brothers, they're, they're doing it in nonviolent way. Oh yeah. I mean, they you know, I don't, I don't approve of you going into a bank and roughing people up. Not like the beginning of the dark night or anything. Right. I mean, shoving grenades in people's mouths and I don't think I saw the dark night, but that's oh, really disturbing. Oh yeah. <laughs> the opening scene is a bank robbery where it's not, it's not great for everybody, anybody involved, except right. for, well, it's fine for the Joker. Yeah. But aside from that, it fucking sucks for everybody else. Yeah, that sounds pretty bad. You they, should see that movie. It's a really good movie. I probably would. I probably would. I'll let I you just, borrow it. Okay. I have it right over there. I think I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I see it right yeah. there. So you can take that home and you can cool. watch The Dark Knight today. Oh, thank you. You're I think welcome. I will do that. You should. Anyways, no, I don't approve of somebody being violent and, you know, I mean, bank tellers don't make shit either. So, you know, going in and roughing up bank tellers and other that's people in cool. the bank, that's not cool. Now, but I wonder if the FDIC... Just stealing some money from the bank, it's just like, you know what? That's fine by me. Well, was, if, was the FDIC around back then? Because if they weren't, then if someone steals... I think that was established back in the 20s or oh, okay. something. Because like I, the FDIC really sure. or maybe after the stuff. I mean... Maybe it was like after the stock market crash when they learned they're like, oh yeah, we should probably insure people's money. Whenever because that happened, ba- whenever they- banks failed back then, like yeah, you lost all your lost fucking money. And yeah. So, so at some way. point, I feel like either shortly before or shortly after the depression is when that happened, and these guys were still kind of kids at that point. So definitely by the time it was like. I don't know, it was like 1950-something when they actually were out robbing banks, all these guys. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't so, It wasn't the 30s. I keep thinking it's the 30s just because no, there was a bunch of 30s-ass gangsters, gangsters running around in this place. So. Right, right. But no, these bank, these guys out robbing banks, they weren't happening. That wasn't happening until after like World War II and yeah, so early 50s. So they the definitely FDIC. had FDIC. So they really... All they were the, doing is taking the bank's money, basically, and... Doing it in a relatively nonviolent way, it's just like you know, I'm not going to judge people for that. And the FDIC, <laughs> <I'm just> not <laughs> the FDIC was created by the 1933 Banking Act, 
Oh yeah, see, after the depression, I bet because I bet shitloads of banks failed. Yes, and no one and, trusted them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so they made this thing it's like, no, 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 you can put your money in here. It's no, cool. no, seriously, no, yeah, your money will be protected. So you think they're alive in Brazil? Well, maybe not alive anymore because they're maybe old, old as fuck. I'm I mean, I'm pretty sure alive. that John and Clarence. I I believe the theory that they are alive. I know there's people out there debunking that photo, but. I I just think that since they didn't find the bodies and the raft and there's just kind of a lack of evidence to prove that they're actually dead. Right. Um, I believe that they got away with it. I think that it's all the stuff like that they never would have survived the swim and all that kind of... It's just kind of propaganda, basically, like, you know... Oh, yeah. Well, the penitentiary, I mean, you know, the penal system doesn't want to have to admit that they... They actually got away. No way. <laughs> so, no way at all. I think they're going to want to kind of downplay all that and kind of play up the fact that, you know, San Francisco Bay is like an impossible place to, to swim a mile back to shore. But we all know that's not true either. So. I don't know. People do it today. And they exactly. Did it before. Now, exactly. those three weren't the only three. Because like I said earlier, there was five that mm-hmm. are missing presumed drowned yeah so i knew there have been a lot of other attempts but i didn't realize that there were two that had not been found another yes. two that had yes. not been now, found and this so was crazy guys? this is crazy because it was december 16th so the dead of fucking winter mm-hmm. in 1937 there was a theodore cole and ralph Rowe. Uh, cole was in for a bank robbery and kidnapping he had the death sentence uh, damn he, was, he received that for robbing a bottling works plant I'm not sure what he did in there that gave that got him the earned him the death Christ. sentence, but I'm sure it probably had to do with murder, um, probably the kidnapping too. Um, and then Roe was in for bank robbery, but he was also involved in the shootout with the cops and FBI wow. trying to get out of the bank, and his okay. partner was killed. And I'm not sure how long he was in for, but I'm imagining it was probably life. Probably a long fucking time. Now they worked in the area where they were making furniture mats. I'm thinking the old plastic things that would people like your grandparents kept on their couch and shit, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing. Uh, they had managed. Those to, things are stupid. I mean, like, stupid. I mean, you're supposed to be like comfortable on your couch, not sticky when it's hot and right. freezing your ass off when it's cold. Yeah, like yeah, and then just yeah, uncomfortable fucking plastic shit. Mm-hmm. Well, they managed to file through some window bars, and they climbed out a window, and it was a really. It was December, so it was a pretty bad storm by the time they actually got out, and mm-hmm. the bay was pretty violent. They Imagine that, where you still have, like, bars on windows that you could actually, like, file through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it took them a while, but they managed to do it. And uh, they have never... They disappeared at that point. Uh, they There are claims of them living, living in South America. Uh, there is a cab driver in Seminole, Oklahoma, who claims that he was carjacked and shot by him. Interesting. There were several other robberies around this area at the, around the same time, and everyone kind of thought it was these two dudes. Hmm. Now, the police would investigate these, but they wouldn't show any of the victims the pictures of these men, of, of, Cole, of Cole and Roe, to see if they could identify them I for some why reason. That, I wonder why that was. I don't know. Uh, hitchhikers claim to have seen them, but they came forth, a couple of hitchhikers, like, oh, man, I saw these guys, but, I mean... But basically, these guys just escaped on foot. Out they of, escaped on foot, so they could well have, have drowned. Ha- yeah, which means they would have had to swim. They didn't. They weren't like 
you know, Frank and Clarence and no. John where they had life jackets and a raft. I'm sure they didn't have life jackets at or all in 1937 on the island. Yeah, probably not. I, mean, Although, I know life no, jackets existed, but I don't no, know if they, they would did. keep them on they, the island. Yeah, yeah, they did definitely exist. Oh, they Who existed, knows? definitely. Yeah, but... But I don't know if they would have them on the actual well, island Well, they didn't itself. have them on the actual island in the 60s when these guys busted out because That's true. they had they to make, had to make their coats. own. They had to make their own. Yeah. But, so these guys would have totally had to... Swim. Swim yeah. off the island. So. Unless they had a boat or some shit waiting. Right. Which, you know, you never know. Other notable people that stayed here was a guy named Jimmy Lucas. He was the guy that stabbed Al Capone with the uh, barber shears. Okay. Yeah, now, yeah. yeah, Al Capone died there, didn't he? No, they let him out. They, oh, because of died. syphilis? I've heard it's syphilis. I am not... I mean, I've, I've heard it that that's why they eventually let him out was because he was so fucked up with syphilis that no one cared. He eventually mm-hmm. died of a heart attack, I believe. Interestingly, Elliot Ness also died of a heart attack. Hmm. Much later, but... Right. Uh, yeah, he did... What was that movie about... Elliot Ness and Al Capone. That was like really the good. Untouchables. The Untouchables. Yeah, with yes. uh, who was it? It was not Kevin Bacon, but uh, oh no, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was uh, yeah. Elliot Ness, and mm-hmm. was it De Niro that was Al Capone? I feel like it was somebody else, but I don't know. I can't remember that movie enough. Just that it was really good, and I haven't seen it for a long time. Yes, yeah, one. Again. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time either. But this guy, this Jimmy Lucas guy, he actually was, he received a presidential commutation of sentence from Nixon. Oh, interesting. So Nixon let him out of jail. Oh, okay. And he died. He worked in the oil business after he got out of jail, which was in 1970, in December. And he just, he died in 1998 at 86 years old in Sacramento with a lot of money from being an oil man. I imagine so. Oil is a pretty lucrative lucrative business yes but him and a couple fellas worked in a in the woodworking shop and they killed a cop with a hammer holy shit so were they part of the the bat is this the one that's the battle of alcatraz no that one okay. i'll talk i'll talk about that one next this one is still in 1938 all right this one they so that they overpower this guard so Lucas and some other guys. Lucas and a guy named Thomas Limerick. Uh-huh. Which is an awesome gangster name. Tommy Limerick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Limerick. And Rufus Franklin. <laughs> uh, they were both in there for bank robbery. Uh, Limerick was in a gang. That got, that was Robin Hella Banks, and he was doing life. And then Franklin was in for bank robbery, car theft, and assault. Uh, he was eventually paroled in 1974 and died of something in 1975. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they, so they, they attack this officer, this uh, correctional officer, Royal Klein, which is Royal also a pretty Klein. cool name, Royal yeah. Klein. Uh, but they kill him with a hammer. He died oh, the following geez. day, so they just probably knocked him out, and he ended up dying of his brain hemorrhaging or some shit like that. Well, yeah, you know, you get hit in the head with the hammer. Right. I'm assuming they hit him in the head with a hammer. Ouch. And this guy, they get to a tower. And disarm the guard, or well, they're going to the tower to disarm the guard that's up there. Mm-hmm. And he gets there. The guard's name is Harry Stites. Shoots them both, Limerick and Franklin. Okay. Uh, Limerick dies the next day. And then Franklin and Lucas receive a life sentence for the murder of the original guard of Klein. But then Lucas gets his sentence commuted by Nixon. And Franklin gets paroled. Interesting. In 74, remember? So it's like, 
<laughs> you get life a life sentence, but they 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 let you out for murdering a prison guard no less. Yep. Now like, this was 1938, and he wasn't out until 1974. So that's so that was a long quite a long time. time. If he was 30 or so, then he's pretty old at that point when he gets out. I'm not sure how old he was, but still. Old enough that he died, like, the next year after he got out. Right. Well, he wasn't so. probably having much healthy living there in old Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Or wherever he went after that, since that... Since they... I mean, they closed Alcatraz basically after those three escaped in 62. Well, there I was mean, one other attempt. There was one other attempt after that? After that, yeah. That was in... Because then they closed Alcatraz, like, a year later. Yep. Let's see. It was in... It was December 16th, 1962. So... What is that? The it's like six 20, months later, thirty year, twenty five year anniversary of the very first two people that they don't know what happened to. Oh, okay. Because they were on the sixteenth of nineteen thirty something. So mm-hmm. uh, there was two guys: Darrell Parker, Darrell. His first name is Darrell. Darrell, not, not Carl, not Daryl, but Darrell. Darrell. D A R L. Nice. And then John Paul Scott. Both bank robbery, kidnapping. Mm-hmm. They bent the bars of the kitchen window in the basement. And they went to head down to the water. And they didn't make it very far. Parker was apprehended on a rock outcropping just a little ways from the island. So just mm-hmm. he didn't. Got Probably got in the water and started swimming. And was like, fuck, this is cold. It's mm-hmm. December. Holy shit. And the other guy, Scott, he attempted to swim to San Francisco. Yeah. Well, he was he made it. He was found by teenagers under the Golden Gate Bridge, just washed up on some rocks near a place called Fort Point. And alive or dead? Alive. Oh shit. Alive. The the the, the teenagers went and phoned the police or an ambulance or something, and I'm sure both came, regardless of who they called. Right. And they found it was was this guy, and so they went and sent him to a hospital, a military hospital, because he was suffering from shock and guess what? Hypothermia. Hypothermia. <laughs> Yep, and so he was eventually returned to Alcatraz. But that was the reason, pretty much, was it was super expensive to run. Mm-hmm. In the 1950s, it was the most expensive prison to run. Because of all the salt air and the water and the wind, the... The erosion, I bet. Oh, it, and all the concrete inside yeah. was just falling apart. They had mm-hmm. these metal bars inside, and the salt would make its way in and start to rust the fucking bars from the inside. So, and that's probably why it was so, like, so many people, not so many, but uh, several people actually got, you know, bent the bars or were exactly. able to file through them. Is because for a while they were toolproof and you couldn't mm-hmm. get through them. There's a few attempts where, there's one in, in particular where they tried to get out. And they took a bunch of guards hostage, and they couldn't get out. They couldn't mm-hmm. bend any of, the, any of the bars, and they couldn't cut through them. And they used machines to try and cut through them, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't cut through them. And so they, That's why when they released the guards and surrendered. They're like, yeah. fuck. Like, God damn it. Was that the Battle of Alcatraz? No. Okay. No. Sorry, I'm, exci- I'm, I'm eager to hear about the battle. Why don't you just well, well, let's, talk how about, about How about we go to the Battle of Alcatraz, and we'll, we'll tell, you, tell you about that. So the Battle of Alcatraz. That happened in 1946. Okay. It happened between May 2nd and 4th. And six prisoners overpowered the cell house officers and took the motherfuckers hostage. So these guys were Joe Kretzer. And this is his second attempt to escape. Marvin Hubbard. Sam Shockley. Mirren Thompson. Our good friend Clarence Carnes. Mm-hmm. Who was sentenced to life in prison at age 16. Wow. He was the youngest person in Alcatraz. 
And uh, that's, yeah, that's six of them. Now, Joe Kretzer, he'd been in there for a while, and he was a member of a, one of those 1930s gangs so that were just gangster. everywhere. So he was super gangster, probably had the hat and everything. Okay. These were mainly uh, bank robbers, uh, murderers, kidnappers. Uh, one of them kidnapped a fucking cop. Mm-hmm. They were all serving a lot of time. Most of them were doing life, if not going to be you know, killed. One of them, Miran Thompson, was actually sentenced to 99 years in addition to his life sentence. Life plus 99 years. Exactly. And that was for kidnapping and murder. He was the guy that, by the time he was transferred to Alcatraz, had been caught eight times and escaped eight times. Damn. So they... They get, they take all the guards hostages in in the cell house, and then they get access to some weapons and the keys. So now they have guns, and they are in control of the cell house. Uh, the keys they had didn't open the actual door to uh, the was it the the yard door, so they couldn't actually get out of any place. But, it was just opened everything within the prison. Exactly. So it didn't obviously take very long for. Other, the other guards to figure out what was happening. Right. Like, we've got a situation going on here. Exactly. So, Kretzer. Security. He fucking, he's got a forty-five automatic handgun. And he is pretty sure they're not going to get out because they can't get out of the recreation yard. So, he just starts shooting cops. And. They're backed into a corner. He doesn't and... want them to be able to testify against him. And so he and, and Thompson and Shockley are like, yeah, do it, Kretzer, do it, Kretzer, do it, Kretzer. And so he oh. does. Uh, only kills one cop. William Miller was the only one that died there. Other one, you know, they got shot and stuff. Now, eventually they send more guards in to try and mm-hmm. take it. One of these guards was Harold Stites, the one that was on the, in the tower. Okay. That shot some people in, in another failed attempt. Well, he was killed attempting to regain control. Wow. Now, at this point, Shockley, Thompson, and Carnes just go back to their cells. Like, fuck. That sucks for Harold. I know. He was a badass. He he was a badass. He, like, shot some other people in another escape attempt. And then this one, he ends up getting fucking killed. Exactly. That's not. It seems like you should. I mean, if you survive an escape attempt and basically shut it the fuck down. Like, that should be it. That just that seems like piss poor luck to get. In, involved in another escape attempt except this time you get fucking killed and oh die. yeah that's fucking shitty that's lame for him now 18 officers have been wounded jesus christ they had to call the marines in oh my gosh so they do they call the marines in at so this how point, many guys are left right now shooting out there's three out and basically the military shows up and they find coy kretzer and hubbard dead kretzer he was the one that shot all the cops that were hostages. Mm-hmm. They're not sure if he died by shooting himself or it was them guards, guards fire. He, he might have just been like, you know, fuck it. He probably shot himself. Now, I f- think at that point that would be unlikely because you're not getting out of that situation alive, it seems like. Right. Maybe it was a suicide by cop, something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, as I said before, this was his second escape attempt. Now, his wife came to ID his body. Mm-hmm. But she claimed to be his sister. And that's because she was wanted for outstanding warrants. She had outstanding <laughs> warrants. And she actually, they, they figured out who it was and they arrested her for it. Um, it was jumping bail, which was $10,000, which mm-hmm. is $138,000 today. And uh, her 
she, she was on bail because of white slavery charges. Oh, shit. So she was a keeper. Wow. So she was, like, selling people as slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, wait, when when the fuck was this again? The this 40s? was in 1946. Okay. So, so it's right after World War II. So, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? Preying upon probably, like, you know, homeless girls or something like that and selling them as slaves or who knows. Hard to say. Fucked up regardless. Yeah. That's that's not cool. So. Maybe, um, maybe refugees from, like, other countries. That Because, I well mean, be. America got quite a bit of those. Oh, yeah. At, oh, yeah. After World War II and during World War II, so. That, that's what I would expect probably more probably so than Probably somebody that but... didn't speak English and came to this country as a refugee, and it's like, oh, hey, we'll totally, like, help you out, but actually we're just selling you into, like, sex slavery, so. Probably. Or making yeah. cigarettes or something. Something like that. Ugh. So the that's three nice. that went back to their cells, uh, Thompson, Carnes, and Shockley, they were all tried, and they were all found guilty for the deaths of all the officers. So that they died. made wow. Well, oh yeah, that's right. Because Carnes was the librarian, yep. so they they didn't end up dying, huh? They well, Thompson, did they surrender eventually, or oh, well, they went back to their cells after it became apparent that they weren't nothing was happening. Like three of them were, you know, dead. They got they got Kretzer to shoot the cops, and then they went back to their cells. They're like fuck it. They're like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. So uh, Thompson and Shockley, they were sentenced to death. Mm-hmm. And they were executed in the gas chamber in San Quentin in December of 1948. This was even though Shockley was pleading insanity. Hmm. And so that's, you know, unfortunate for him or fortunate. Now, Carnes received just another life sentence. And that's because he refused to kill the guard he was ordered to kill. But also he was pretty young at this point. Still, well, yeah, I mean, hadn't he entered? He, was, he had give, gotten his original sentence at like sixteen. Yeah, so he was still pretty and young, and so, so that's yeah, that's probably why they didn't sentence him to death. Apparently, he was also after he was assessed by a psychiatrist, had a psychopathic personality. Oh, okay. and was emotionally unstable. Uh, now he was paroled in nineteen seventy three, even after his life plus ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was sent back to prison for some reason. He violated his parole, I believe. He Shocker. eventually did die October 3rd, 1988 of AIDS-related complications. Mm. So that's unfortunate for him as well. But I would be willing to say he may may have deserved it. See, there is another good one in here I wanted to tell you about. John Giles. This is July 31st, 1945. So okay. they would send the army uniforms to Alcatraz for cleaning. And he managed to kind of one piece at a time together an army uniform. Oh, okay. And then he just <laughs> put it on and walked onto a boat, one of the army vessels, and it left. Wow. Now they noticed he was gone, like, right away. Uh-huh. And maybe if the boat was going to San Francisco, he would have escaped, but it went to Angel Island. Okay, so and... he's the one who got picked up at Angel Island. I knew one of them had gotten to Angel yeah, Island he, and gotten and picked up. I'd yeah, read that. The boat docked, and he walked off, and there was correctional officers like, Come on, John. Yeah. <laughs> now, he was in jail for... He nice was sentenced try. 25 years for uh, robbing a mail train. Okay. And he had actually been serving life in Oregon for murder and then escaped and then was caught and transferred to Alcatraz in 1935. And eventually he was uh, transferred to McNeil, which is in Washington State. Mm-hmm. I believe it's an island in Washington State, actually. Okay. And then from there, he was sent back to Oregon. And he was serving his federal and state charges there at the same time. And he eventually was was let free. 
But he was pretty old when he went in to begin with. Saw pictures of him and he looked older already. What you would call an older gentleman, perhaps? Maybe. Maybe. He wasn't a gentleman. He wasn't much of a gentleman. He was. He robbed a mail train. I mean, shit. That's not very gentlemanly. (laughs) September 29th, 1958. Two guys trying to get out. Aaron Burgett and Clyde Johnson. They were on garbage detail, and they overpower and bind a guard Okay. who was with them. So they're walking around the outside cleaning up all the shit that was out there. Mm-hmm. They've got the guard overpowered and bound, and they're talking to each other, and they're mentioning how they have a boat waiting. Now, they didn't really get off in time, so the alarm gets sounded because they haven't come back yet. And Miller is found up to his waist in water. Thirteen days later, Burgett's corpse rolls back up, well, floats back up to shore. He's got wooden planks attached to his shoes, so he's trying to use them as flippers. Oh my gosh. And then he had a plastic bags tied to his belt that he was trying to keep afloat by. Plastic bags? Plastic bags. Yeah, see, this guy was not as smart as Frank Morris. No, he needed a Morris to help him. That was just... <laughs> yeah, I, I almost thought when you said planks that, like, maybe, uh, like, almost like stilts. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, like, wooden planks to try and use as flippers. Like, let's, let's like, try that's... and get across the bay on giant stilts. That's great. <laughs> Although, I mean, I think that guy probably could have been talked into it. If you're using wooden flippers, then... Yeah, you probably. Like, no, 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 they're tall enough. It'll be fine. Yeah, and you can just totally just, like, walk to San Francisco through the water. It'll work. Almost like Jesus, but not quite. Right, not not quite very Jesus-y. But, you know, that all that stuff just reiterates to me that at least those two brothers, I think, made it. Because that guy's... Look, 13 days later, that guy's corpse washes ashore. The the ones that that escaped right after John and Clarence and Frank, that one, he made it to San Francisco. I mean, yeah, he was found on the rocks hypothermic, hypothermic but right. you know what? That was December of that exactly. same year. Those guys went in June, all right? You're probably pretty fucking cold if you did end up in the water and off the raft, but still, um, I, I think it's a lot less likely that you're going to be hypothermic to the point where you can't move. Oh, yeah. So, because it's still June compared to fucking December. And if you think about it, back in these days, I'm sure they didn't have workout facilities. Yeah. I'm sure they weren't getting really good food. I mean, I'm I'm guessing besides any sort of exercises you can do in your cell, or maybe when you're in the recreation yard, any sort of running or anything you can do, you're not getting a lot of weight training or or physical anything so swimming that far is going to be even harder without being able to train you know i mean i mentioned that people do it all the time swim in the san francisco bay but yeah i mean it is people that train to do stuff like that oh yeah i couldn't do it no no i mean i would be dead as fuck if i tried swimming fuck in san francisco bay oh yeah that would be the end of me for sure so you know the 1962 escape wasn't the only escape they made a movie after there was another one called Murder in the First. I did not know that. And that starred Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And now this was an attempt where there was, these were more of these gang guys. Like one guy was in a Barker Carpus gang. And so that's just a weird name, but that I guess that's because it was 
Barker and Carpus are the last names of the leaders, and so that's how they named all of these gangs. But this one, they sawed through and bent the iron bars on the, these windows, mm-hmm. which were at this point were supposed to be tool-proof. But right, but still... I guess had been eroded enough by... Well, this was still really early. This was Wh- still was 1939. This? Oh, 1939. Yeah, so, but they just managed to do it. They saw through the bars. They get out the window. They make it to the west shoreline. Then the guards find them. They were attempting to put together a makeshift raft. Hmm. And three of them surrender. Uh, two are shot and one dies. Right. And these guys, these were, these were guys that were doing fucked up shit in Washington State, actually. Oh, yeah? One of the guys, Harry Young had robbed a bank in Lind, Washington, which is in the southeast part of the state, mm-hmm. and ended up killing another one of the people who attempted to escape the following year. Apparently, their relationship soured after they didn't get out. Poor guys. <laughs> but he was the one, Henry Young, he was the one by uh, played by Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. And there's quite a few other escapes, but... They or escape attempts, I should say, but they all pretty much go the same way. There was only the two where the people actually managed to get away. People are normally falling and hurting themselves or getting shot, uh, or so drowning, drowning, or whatever, drowning. Most of them, the good majority of them, managed to get back. Yeah, I would say that it's not escape proof, but damn near. Yeah, and it's I mean, mainly because it's an island. Now, the reason it was shut down was again it was yeah I mean I mean if once was, you get out you're just on open ground yeah that would be it I mean you'd be fucking out of there a lot yep. of these people would have been out of there that ended up drowning or getting caught or whatever but if they just didn't have to contend with the water exactly exactly but I think um, definitely I don't know about the the two that would have had to swim that one I'm. I think probably they drowned. Maybe. I would say... Maybe they swam. I mean, obviously it's not impossible, and I'm advocating for at least two others that most likely ended up, might have ended up in the water and definitely survived. And they were seen later. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 Although, at that point, this is, that was a long time before the 1962 escape, and I think anything where they couldn't find the bodies out of this island that's supposedly escape proof like that's going to create a lot of stories oh definitely because that's you well, know that's why they're all listed as missing presumed drowned right they're saying we don't know where they are but that's because their bodies but when their bodies have washed up i mean it's the bay right i mean so... all the other ones where they did drown their bodies what their bodies were found yeah it's only these uh few that nothing was ever found of them and I think very likely, you know, John and, and Frank and Clarence, at least uh, John and Clarence, got out of there. I, they did have a raft. They did have life preservers. It was June. Yeah. Yeah. It was a better, way better time of year. Way better time of year. December. Like, yeah. Yeah. December, though. I mean, yeah, that guy made it all the way to shore, dying in hypothermia, but still he made it. But he was just so weak and half and almost dead that people find him and he gets caught again was and the I only think... reason but he actually he did make it so i just don't i just feel like john and clarence for sure made it and the all the reports that like there's no way that's just that's oh, just a lot of trend. yeah that's i don't believe that i yeah. definitely i mean there's been proof we just talked about proof that mm-hmm. it is possible to do it is possible for sure so i would I, expect... I, I would bet my money that john and clarence england actually did make it off they made it to brazil and you know 
give a big old middle finger to the federal penitentiary system. Thanks for teaching us Spanish. Federal penal system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Alcatraz would probably still be used as a prison today if it wouldn't have been so expensive to fix right. to keep people locked in. Yeah, well, yeah. When they, in the 1960s... For the most part, it works pretty well. Yeah, in the 1960s, it would have cost them $5 million to fix. Wow. Today's money, $42 million. So they obviously shorted up enough that you could put a museum there. Mm-hmm. I believe there are some parts you're not allowed in because it is... It's just too deteriorated. Yes. And they do have the, the heads, the original heads. Mm-hmm. They do. And they okay, have so, some of their tools. Yeah. So when you go on the museum tour, like I did, uh, okay, yeah, it was 20 years ago. Whatever. I'm getting old. <laughs> so yeah, they you go through and they have like, an ex, you know, the cells and the bars and stuff. And then the ones of the prisoners, they have like plexiglass over the bars and they have all their stuff in there oh, and the cool. dummy head. So it's all set up basically like how they left it. That's pretty, pretty much. cool. That's totally cool. Yeah. So it is really cool. So there's like all these empty cells and then there's like the brothers were actually side by side. And I can't remember where Frank Morris was in relation to them, but wherever his cell was like up the next level and over or whatever. I think they were all on the same Maybe they were on the same floor, level, but they were but separate. They were Frank on... was separated from the other two. I think he was on the other side. Yeah, so then there's like empty cell, empty cell, and then there's Frank's cell with plexiglass over it, just as he left it too with his dummy head. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool setup. I, if I were to be in San Francisco again anytime soon, I would definitely go again and, go again. and, and look at Alcatraz again. It was fun. Yeah, I think it would be. Although I, think I it would fucking, be great. you know, I I don't generally like San Francisco a lot. And that whole, I think it's kind of depressing going into Alcatraz just because of all the fucked up shit that happened there and mm-hmm. all the fucked up people that were there for a long time. Right, Perhaps but it's some still of the... it's still cool as shit to see. I don't know. I'm 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 just a big history nerd. So oh I, yeah, I'd love I like to see, to see that. anywhere that's really cool and, and significant in some historical way and really was, like fucked up <laughs> in america we don't have very many things that are super old and so alcatraz is something that for us is a pretty old yeah thing. by our standards i mean yeah. 1850s we'd been a country for not that long not even 100 years yet so right pretty crazy pretty crazy so yeah that's my take on on alcatraz on the big disappearance is that i i believe two of those three are maybe not alive still they're they're getting pretty old but, but I, they I, lived i believe that escape. they lived and made it to south america for sure i believe that the two in the 30s i believe they escaped as well do you yeah i yeah. think i think that the five people that they have marked as missing presumed drowned have escaped and they're yeah. probably not alive anymore but they did live free in another part of the world, maybe in another part of the country, being in the 1930s at least, because right, it would have been difficult kind of to track someone and down. Create a new life back then. There was no way. All you got to do is grow a beard, get a different haircut, and change your name. And yeah. change your name isn't some sort of crazy <laughs> thing you have to do. You just start telling people your name is different. And right. There you go. Right. I'm kind of in between on that one, just because I feel like they weren't. I mean, they definitely weren't as well equipped. They didn't have life preservers and True. a raft. And it was December. And it was December. So we already know that another escape attempt, even though the guy made it, I mean, probably if nobody had found him and called it in, he would have died. I don't think he would have lived very long laying on that beach without help of some kind. 
You know, there was one more, so, actually, that I wanted to talk about because it also amuses me how they escaped. But then again, they didn't find those guys' bodies. They didn't find either of their bodies, so... But again, it was the does, 1930s. Right. So it's possible that they bodies washed up someplace and, and just they just didn't didn't make it to the authorities right so here's here's one more just because i think it's funny so it was april 14th 1943 was a james borman harold brest floyd hamilton fred hunter these guys they go to escape uh, more gang guys mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys harold brest which is you know great last name by the way <laughs> i know he was serving 50 years for bank robbery and kidnapping. Harry Breast. That's his right? Name. Harry Breast. Harry Breast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a fake name. <laughs> he, so he wins a habeas corpus, which is basically a right to a retrial, kind of. Right. So they send him back to Pittsburgh for a retrial, where they give him a stiffer sentence. <laughs> so... Like when we review all Harry the things of the case, sentence. we're like, you were a real fuckbag and we're putting you in for longer. Ah, uh, man, I, that's not supposed to be the point of like retrial. No, no, no. Usually like at worst, they're just like, no, like you're getting the same. But not. But not worse. Exactly. Now, all of these guys are dead now. Uh, they took two guards hostage while they were working. They climbed out a window and got to the water. Now, one of the hostages was ever able to alert the other officers. He snuck a, a whistle out of his around his neck or whatever. And so the other officers knew what was happening. Now, the funny thing is that these guys were dressed only in their underwear. What? And they had smothered themselves in industrial grease to keep oh, the cold water off dude. of them. Dude, okay. And they had tires around their waists as flotation devices. Well, you now, know. Now, they make the 30-foot jump from a cliff. Into the water with all of this, <laughs> this shit on them. It's like they were almost smart, but not. Right. Now the guards start shooting at them. Uh, Hunter and Brest were caught. Hunter was caught the next day. Brest was caught right away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Borman was hit by the bullets and his body sank. So he must have got shot and then mm-hmm. like slipped through because he was super greasy through the, <laughs> through the tire. <laughs> and they never recovered his body. Well, I mean, the idea was right. You do, I mean, that's what people do when they do those challenges. I mean, they have body grease for swimmers. <laughs> yeah, so. It, it, I mean, it does, you know, repel the water and. Keeps you, since yeah. you don't have the water on you, it keeps you warmer. It does, it keeps you warmer, and that's the whole point of it. Like those, you know, trying to swim the English Channel and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah body grease. Totally, now, all the way. But still, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, Hamilton, they think, had drowned. And. He didn't. He, in his underwear, hid out in a cove on the island for a couple days and then probably was cold and hungry and tried to break back into prison and that's when they caught him. Oh, shit. (laughs) So Hunter ended up dying in in 1982. He was the one that was caught the next day. Uh Uh-huh. November 30th, 1982. Uh, There was no, didn't say how he died. Hamilton, he eventually got released and died July 24th, 1984. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Harry Brest, uh, he was eventually released as well, even though he got the stiffer sentence. But he died May 31st, 1979. Okay. So I just thought that one was was great because they're oiled up, mm-hmm. jumping in the water off a cliff with, off a cliff with tires, tires around their oh waist. My gosh. Like, oh, man, you guys. Like I'm saying, you know, I see where they're getting the ideas from, and it's not 
completely like a bad idea. No, but it, no. it also was like, no. <laughs> and I'm thinking maybe the tires were different back then. Maybe oh, they I'm were. I'm sure they were. Maybe it was like the tire tubes they had, or maybe the tires. Because I don't think a tire these days would really float, would it? Possibly. I don't. I feel like. It's not something that would keep you afloat, though. And I feel yeah. like tires would still... I mean, they're rubber and everything, but... I don't know. Should we just like, go throw some tires in the water and see what happens? Yeah, let's just do that? We'll jack up your car and grab a couple tires and right? just go down to the water and toss them in there. We're not that far. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably get like charged with like littering or illegally disposing of something probably like, we'll I just tell them no no we're just be, testing we're just testing this out for our podcast you, you guys right? we need to know if tires know, float do you know who we are <laughs> we're stranger than oh oh i'm sorry i didn't recognize you yeah please carry like, on yeah that's right yeah. don't fuck with us don't worry we'll let you off with a warning this time officer <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right we, we won't call your superiors and tell them that you fucking hassled us exactly get your ass fired and shit I don't know. No, I mean, I feel like tires are something you would find at, like, the bottom of a lake somewhere. Probably. I guess it would just depend on the tire. Unless they were different in the 40s. It's possible Probably they were, different, they were different. I mean, I, I feel like they were definitely, like, less durable than they are now. I mean, they didn't have as many, like, utility vehicles and... I don't know. Stuff like that. Although stuff was made out of steel. It was, like... It was made... I would I would be willing to bet things were... Certain things were made better back then, so... Probably so, but I, mean, I just don't... It's hard to say. You know, maybe that's why they floated. Hey, maybe. Because they were better made. Better made. Not sure on the answer for on that one. Nope. It's okay. So, sorry, folks. <laughs> not really sure on the answer to if these guys actually escaped or not, so... <laughs> Although I feel pretty sure about those two. I, I I think. I'm pretty sure that they escaped as well. Although they did say that the guy who got shot and slid through because he's all greased up, slid mm-hmm. through the tire, they never found his body. Mm-hmm. And he was shot, but maybe the blood called predators to him or something. I guess if you're just drowning, you're not bleeding. Right. That's true. Um, And then, you know, I mean, you're not going to find every single body. No, no. So I imagine if you're... And maybe if it's December and you're freezing. Although, I mean, it gets cold in San Francisco, but not that cold. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you're attempting to swim away and you're shot, that's probably the end of you. Yeah. Yeah. You're barely... Your chances of making it are pretty slim as it is. Not impossible. No. As we've established, but yeah. Slim. Slim. Definitely if you're if you're wounded or injured and in December, so probably that guy just sank and he stole the tire maybe the, he stole the he tire stole, ran yeah. away his, or i guess he slid through though but yeah. who knows <laughs> i'm just assuming he slid through yeah. because it for, said the for body one reason st- or another the body like sank he, and so he just ended up getting pulled down and yeah. that was the end of him <laughs> let's see you have anything else here about alcatraz joanna uh no other than i you know i i love the story i think it is a pretty a pretty great one two movies were made out of it so Mm -hmm. at least and i i just you know i gotta say even though they were criminals i'm not judging a lot of the stuff that especially the the 1962 guys did and i think it was pretty damn ingenious some of the stuff they came up with and how they planned that escape and how two of them in my opinion actually got away with it and got the fuck out and possibly a total of five so yeah that's so 
But but it's those three with like the dummies and everything. I mean, the other two, yeah, maybe they got away with it, but I mean, not to say it didn't take some ingenuity to to cut through the bars or did they did they bend the bars or did they cut through them? They cut through them. They, they cut through they them. They filed yes. them through them. Yeah, so, they filed through them over a long time, I'm sure. Yeah, so that took some time and dedication, but man, the stuff that and really Frank the, and Alan and John and Clarence did. I mean, that was just that was just ingenious. It was. It was just magic there. That was pretty fucking awesome. And for the amount of prisoners they had there, for five to be unaccounted for in its entire stint as a federal penitentiary is pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. It is. I mean, it was pretty much escape proof, but I do believe that a few got away. Once you got out, that's kind of the problem is you get out of the, you get into that water and they can't track you in the water. Right. And so then it's just a a land search and that's a lot of land to cover. So, and especially back in the days when they didn't have cameras on every corner and ATM, ATMs that have, everything's got a fucking camera camera on it and traffic cameras, surveillance cameras, all the gas stations, everywhere you go, traffic lights, just everywhere. Okay. Well, I guess that's been Alcatraz for us then. Mm hmm. It has indeed. Well, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you next time. Take care now. Hello, fellow skin suits. This is Angel and Ember. Deep down, do you have a secret passion for true crime, sarcasm, inappropriate jokes, but you still want to hear all those lovely details? However, you still need a little bit of humor to get you through those dark moments? Then come hang out with us over at the Color Me Dead podcast. We try to balance both humor and facts perfectly. We also go on some pretty extraordinary squirrel hunts. (laughs) We can be found on iTunes and all other podcast apps. Come over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and see us at Color Me Dead Podcast for the latest updates and gory chat. We release on Wednesdays because on Wednesdays we wear murder. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets and and stay stay out of chalk lines. Do you enjoy the Stranger Than Podcast? Please let us know. Rate and comment on iTunes. Check out and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stranger than podcast. Our Twitter at underscore stranger than or drop us an email, strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. That's strangerthanpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, feel free to email us any strange, mysterious, or misunderstood stories or topic suggestions that you'd like to share or hear about.